Hello, hello, and welcome everybody to Leslie Said What. I am super excited that you all have decided to join us tonight. I'm even more excited about my special, special guest speaker, Miss um, Kate Battistelli. She is amazing. And if you guys have not had the opportunity to check out her book, The God Dare, it is amazing. Um, along with her other book, Growing, oh, don't shoot me. I'm going to have to get her to tell you when she comes <laughs> because I forgot the title. I'm so focused on the God Dare, guys, that I forgot about the other book. But I'm sure Kate will tell you guys all about it. <laughs> so as always, this is just one huge conversation um, that we're having. So I just want everybody to feel free to like drop comments into the comments, ask questions. Uh, just feel free to say hello so that we can recognize you and um, say hello back. Again, any comments, any questions, feel free to dive right in. I'm, again, excited about our topic for tonight. Like, it's such a good one. You know, like, when you are you have this dream, especially as, like, a kid, or even once you get older and you're like, oh, I'm dreaming about this, and then God's will comes in and rocks your world <laughs> and turns it upside down. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about tonight, okay? Um, so, again, super excited. Make sure you guys say hello in the comments. Um, so that we can recognize you. But without further ado, guys, I'm going to bring in my amazing special guest, Miss Kate Battistelli. Give me one second. I'm learning how to do this. There we go. Hey, Kate. <laughs> hey, Leslie. How are you? Good. Oh, my God. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm <laughs> thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me tonight. Well, I am super excited that you are here. And for those of you who don't know, Kate um, is, like I had mentioned before in the comments, um, Kate is Grammy Award winning Francesca Battiselli's mom, and she's super proud of her, I'm sure. Oh, um, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Kate, introduce yourself. Say hello. Hello, guys. Yes, I am Francesca's mom. We call her Franny, so just call her Franny. And, you know, she's given us five grandkids, which is just amazing because I'm the crazy woman who wanted five kids. God gave us one. We have one amazing daughter, and she's incredible, but she's given us these five just wild kids. They're from, from 10 down to one. And I'm married to Mike. And we've been married 37 years, which is just That's incredible to me. Yeah, it's it's wild. And we live just outside of Nashville in Franklin, Tennessee. And, you know, I grew up in New Jersey, so I don't know why I'm in Tennessee. It kind of makes no sense to me. I really, I mean, I'm seriously, it just doesn't make any sense. So we love it here. I can't even imagine being anywhere else, but we're here. And I, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm, I've written two books, which is another thing that makes no, no sense. Now, if you told me 10 years ago, in 10 years, you're going to have written two books and you'll be part of a podcast and you'll be on Leslie's show. I just said, you're crazy. That makes no sense. And no, you're wrong. <laughs> but here I am. You know, God can yeah. do anything when you just open yourself up to the Lord. Right, Leslie? I mean, yes. life will take the craziest turns when you just open yourself up to the Lord and say, okay, God, I'll step out of my comfort zone and do something that doesn't make any sense, like write books when you're not a writer, you know, <laughs> when you don't have a college degree. And God says, go ahead and do this crazy thing. I mean, that's just that's just kind of how God is. So here I am. He is. He's amazing. <laughs> and we're so glad you could join us. Thank um, you. So uh, in the a comment, somebody says, hey, I need to hear this. So, you do. Oh, we're glad, Crystal. Crystal you're going to want to hear this. <laughs> 
Uh, Natalie says, hello. Hello, Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Um, And Gianna is giving you her amen. 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 (laughs) Um, So what I wanted to talk about, um, Kate, is like, I know for me, like, where I am and where God led me as far as his will was definitely not the dream that I thought I was going to be doing. Mm. Um, I will never forget, like growing up, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to be maybe a teacher, maybe this, maybe that. And then one day God called me to comedy and I'm like, wait, what? I mean, I know <laughs> that I'm funny, you know, I know not being conceited, but <laughs> I know that I'm funny, but I never would have put two and two together with ministry. So, but like, especially coming from someone who, you know, me being had low self-esteem, low self-confidence and God scared the living daylights out of me when he's like, Hey, you're going to go on stage and you're going to do these things and touch the people of God through comedy and through the ministry. And, and I'm like, yeah, what? (laughs) So I know for you, Kate, your dream kind of got shifted as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I can. We know, Leslie, they call that a God dare. I call that a God dare. And you took it. And that's amazing that you did. And look what God's doing and how he's using you. And that's that. That's awesome. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled <laughs> to hear that because you you stepped out. You stepped out of your comfort zone. And that's what happens. And then God can use you because the impossible is God's comfort zone. He all does. Right you know, you know, he takes you out of out of what you can because all you can do is the possible. Right. But God says, hey, go do this impossible thing, the thing you you don't think you can do, but with my help, you can do it, right? Amen. With, with God's help, we can raise the dead. We can't do that on our own, but through God, through the Holy Spirit, he can open the blind eyes. We don't do it, but he uses us to do those things. He has to have a vessel through to work through, right? So we're the vessel. But in my case, what's crazy was I wanted to be a Broadway star. I wanted to win a Tony. I wanted to do all those things. And back in the way back in the eighties before most of you probably were even born. I was an actress and I was in New York and my dream was to be on Broadway and to do all that stuff. And I actually went out on the road with a big national tour of the King and I starring Yul Brynner. Some of you may know who he is. Some of you may be going who, but if you've ever seen the 10 commandments, the old, old movie, he was Pharaoh in 10 commandments. And he was also the original King in the movie, the King and I, back in the, which was filmed back in the fifties, but it's, it's a big famous musical. And I went out, I was 26. I went out as the understudy for the leading lady. Cause I was too young to play the lead. And you know how it is when you're an understudy, you're pretty much like a, you're, you're like an insurance policy for the producers. You know, you're never going to really get to go on. So I thought, well, this is great. I'm young. This will be great experience. I get to travel a country. I'll earn some money. I'll do this for a little while, then I'll come back and, you know, and really go after my dreams. So I thought, okay, great. So I'm out on tour about two. And, and as an understudy, you're rehearsing your part because just in case, you know, so you, you need to know your part. So about two months into the run of the show. And remember, this is 1981. There's no cell phones. There's no computers. There's no way to get in touch with someone during the day. Okay. Yeah. I come in at 715 for an eight o'clock show. The stage manager runs up to me, grabs me by the shoulders and says, she's sick. You're on. And I thought, I mean, in that moment, I, I, I'm freaking out because, yes, I know the show. I've, I've rehearsed the part, but I, I've never worn the costumes. I've never handled the props. I've never been on stage with this gigantic star. He was a huge star back in those days. I mean, I was scared to death, but because I had to go whistle a happy tune in 45 minutes, but you know, there comes that moment in life. You just have to do it afraid. 
So I got ready. I went out. It's a three hour show and it's all the weight is on the leading lady. She, he, the king is, is really the, the second lead. She's the lead in the show. I go out, I do the show and I ended up doing it for two weeks because she had pneumonia. So <laughs> she, oh, she was really sick. She was really sick. So yeah, She was really sick. So I do the show for two weeks. She comes back, she got better, and I go back to the chorus. And I thought, well, that was cool. That was a neat experience. You know, that's something to write home about. And, and I figured that was it. Well, about a month or so later, I get a call from the producer saying, we've bought out her two-year contract and we're giving you the part because they didn't get along. Yul Brynner and this woman did not get along. So they pretty much fired her, though they paid her for two years and they're giving me the part and I'm nobody. I'm 26 years old. And if you know anything about the New York theater world, it does not work out this way. Understudies don't get leading lady roles. They always bring in a ringer from New York. I mean, that's just how it is. And I didn't know the Lord. I was not a Christian at this point. I had not met Jesus. I was raised going to the Episcopal church, but I never had asked Jesus to, into my heart. I didn't have any relationship with the Lord. But even in those days, I can see, I can look back now and see, say, Lord, you had a sense of humor. Just even the title <laughs> of that play, I'm just like, okay, Lord, I, I know what you were doing even back then. So I, I take over this role, this gigantic part in this big show, and I'm a kid. So anyway, I, I start doing the show. About six months in, this, this young man named Mike Battistelli joins the show as the assistant conductor. And I could see him down in the pit. And we literally fell in love across the footlights. I mean, it's true. I could see him down in there. And I thought, he's really cute. I got to find out about this guy. So <laughs> we met and, you know, just got along great. He was really cute. And he was really talented and really smart. Just everything about him, I knew. I mean, we met and, and it was just one of those instant connections. And we fell in love. Uh, he, he ended up going off to do another show after another year. I ended up doing this show almost for three years, about a thousand performances all around the country doing the show. But finally, I was worn out, finally left. We got married in 1983. And about six months later, we, we had a little side business. We were living in New York at the time, pursuing our careers. He was conducting on Broadway and Radio City, and I was doing all kinds of things and thinking, I'm going to be a Broadway star and this is going to be our lives. And we had this friend in business. She was a born again Jewish gal. She kept inviting us to church and she kept inviting us and she kept inviting us. I don't know if you've gotten this far in the book yet, but she kept inviting us yeah, to church I and did. we kept, we kept saying, no, we don't want to go, you know, stop bugging it. But eventually it just gets root. You know, you're just, you just can't say no one more time. I mean, it probably was, it was several months and we said, all right, we'll go with you to church. She said, come on a Friday night. You're going to love this gospel choir. You've got to come to church. So we were like, okay, let's just go. Well, <laughs> if you know anything about New York, this church was in Jamaica, Queens, which is not where the tourists go. You know, it's just right. the, the last stop on the F train in Jamaica, Queens. It's like a 40 minute drive on the subway. Not fun, but we thought, all right, we'll go with her. So our friend June, who's a born again Jew and us, we are the three white faces in this all black church. I mean, it's a holiness <laughs> awesome. church. You probably know what that is. I was this little white Episcopal girl. I didn't know what I was walking into. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit smacks you in the face when you walk in. I had no clue what any of this meant. I'm just like, what is this place? You know, it, it was yeah. a great gospel choir. I have to say there's probably 2000 people in this church. We're the only white faces. She puts us in the front row. Yeah. 
and I and I know she told the pastor they need they need their butts to be saved tonight. Yeah. And and we did. Get them saved, Lord. Get them saved. The whole message was for us. And at the end, he gives the altar call. Of course, our hands went up. And from that moment on, we never looked back. I mean, it was just, it was powerful. The the, the Lord was there. The Holy Spirit was in that place. I don't oh, know whatever awesome. has happened to that church since, but whoever the pastor was, he was amazing. And, you know, just, just took our breath away. And, and we never looked back from that moment. So about a year later, we had our daughter, our one child. And about a year after that, God started just messing with us. You know, the Holy Spirit started working on our hearts and saying, you know what, the careers that you and your husband, well, to both of us, just the careers that you're pursuing, that's not my will for you. And I want you to lay that down. I want, I have something else in mind for your lives. And it's not the, the world of the New York theater, which, you know, when, when you've been pursuing that your whole life, my husband has his doctorate in conducting. None of this made sense. In the natural, you look at that and go, well, that God, you're crazy. No, I don't want to do that. But when the spirit's working on you, what, what can you do but obey? So we just, we, you know, we got good counsel because I always tell people when you, when you sense something like that, when you really feel God, we call them 90 degree turns. When you feel the Lord is really working on you to, to shift your life in a major way, get good counsel, get mature Christians that know the Lord, get them to pray with you. It's because you don't want to make a big mistake like that. You don't want to take a huge leap. So we had people, because we'd only know the Lord. We'd only given our hearts to the Lord. It was, it was in 1983 and this was 1985. We thought we don't know the Lord's voice that well yet. We're baby yeah. Christians. We better get some people who know God to pray with us and pray for us. So we did got that counsel and they confirmed what we were, what we were sensing. And we laid down our careers. We moved out of New York, back to New Jersey for a while. And then eventually down to the Orlando area where we raised, we lived there for 20 years and raised our daughter, you know, to a home business, homeschooling, all those things, and just laid it down and left it behind. And I, and oops. Wow. And I think, you know, I, that's where I, where I say, you know, our, our ceiling did become our daughter's floor eventually because even though we laid that behind and laid that down, a lot of what we had learned, we were able to help Franny when, when by the time she was ready to kind of move into different, not the theater world, but in, in the world of entertainment, but Christian music, we'd learned a lot. And we were able to, able to help her really navigate all the, just the different things in, you know, being on stage is being on stage, whatever yeah. arena you're in, you know, it's mm -hmm. even, even though you're, if you're doing it in ministry, it's still, you're on stage and there's certain yes. things you need to learn and understand and know about that world. Cause there's just, you're still in the world. You're just doing it in a different way. So True. we were able to help her until she was signed and, you know, working with professionals, we were able to really help her with that. But it was just, it's just interesting when God asked you to lay it down, but you know, honestly, I would not walk back into that today for a million bucks. I mean, you couldn't even five years, five years afterwards, God had so changed my heart and my desires when, when it's really the Lord, you know, because you, you don't want, you just don't want it anymore. You want what he wants as he's growing more in you. you really, don't you feel that way? You really just Absolutely. only want what he wants. Yeah. You know, and then it kind of all makes sense. Like it all, like you said, and I love how you had said um, that, you know, your ceiling becomes your child's floor because of the fact that like, I know, like 
in that aspect, like every all those things that happened in your life, like with with the um the Broadway theater and like you said, in like learning all those things in the stage arena or in the entertainment arena helped mm-hmm. you to help her. Well, yeah. it's almost kind of like in the same things when God calls us to something and he causes a shift in what our what we thought or what we envisioned, everything in your life kind of like added up to make sense, to make the dream, I mean, you know, his will work. Like, it's weird how it all scaffolds and builds on each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for like me, like I used to always um, get told that like, oh, you're just too silly and you'll, you know, you you never take things seriously enough and you this and the other, like constantly getting reamed on having to take things more seriously. And then I remember when um, I was praying and asking God, just like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Like, I, I'm I'm done trying to figure it out. Like, can you just tell me? <laughs> like, when that is tell nice. me. <laughs> I'm done. And so that's when he revealed, like, um, that he can take all of that, all my hurt and all those things that were said to me, and then yet I'm silly for a reason. And that's what mm-hmm. hit me over the head. Like something so simple and something that seems so, you know, minute was like, hey, oh wow. Okay. Like he literally can take every aspect of your life and build upon it to make it so that your will, I mean, his will is directed in your life. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, and I realized too, that I just, all I wanted was to be famous. I just wanted to win a Tony and be famous. And, and what I realized is with my daughter's life, God was really clear that it's not going to be in in my generation. He was very clear. It's going to be in the next generation because she can take it and do it correctly. She doesn't, she didn't want fame. That was the one thing about this whole thing that she doesn't really, that's the part she doesn't really like, you know, she, she wants to just worship the Lord so he could use that because fame was not her goal. So he could give her fame because she could use it correctly. You know what I mean? She's not going to abuse it. She's not going to, it's just, it's kind of not the part that she really likes. So, (laughs) you know, when you're craving fame, well, then you're going to, you're going to abuse it. You're not going to use it well. So Mm -hmm. the Lord, you know, the Lord's very careful with, I think who he allows to have that, especially in the Christian realm. I think, you know, he has to, and I think he's going to get more and more careful who, who gets that in the future. It's so true. We've seen it abused. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's something how I like, like really love how you put that. Like that wasn't something she seeked after. So he knew that she could remain humble right in, in that, you know, in that arena and do, and still not lose sight of him. Because a lot of times when people become famous and things, um, you know, they, they grow into this, their, their epitome of what they thought they lose sight of him because it's like, Hey, what do I need him for? You know, I'm I'm where I want to be. Crystal says fame versus favor. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'd rather have the favor of the Lord any day. Any day. Believe me. Any day. (laughs) (laughs) Because it just reminds you though, like when, when it comes to like our dreams, um, in my opinion, like the, the things that we aim for are so sometimes so I, and I remember reading part of your book about this, like, like our ideas. And then when he shifts it into something else, you're like, there is no way, God, like, yeah, right. There is no mm-hmm. way I'm going to be able to do that. But then, like you said, like shifting your mindset to be like, hey, uh, the impossible is possible with God. Like he's calling you to it for a reason. Yeah. Well, and I mean, favor can last for a lifetime. Fame is fleeting. You know, we see how fickle the world is, right? I mean, just go on Instagram. You can be famous for five minutes on Instagram, right? But favor, (laughs) if if we, if we stay true to the Lord, favor can last for a lifetime. 
Yeah. So we want to. Which goes wanna... into that whole thing of what you only what you do for Christ will last. <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do we have any questions or comments? Anybody? Um. Yeah. And see, and the thing is, is what was your other book? It's growing what? Growing great kids. Yeah, that was you more of a... growing good kids, growing godly kids. Hey, I was like, what did know, I write down? All those things. And that was more of a parenting book. That was the, the, and that, that book was really a God dare for me because I was not a writer. And that, that book came about because we were, my husband and I were asked to teach at this little, well, not little, but this big homeschool 20th anniversary down in Orlando that we had been part of this, like a big umbrella organization for this home this homeschooling group. And once our daughter had gone to Nashville, signed her record deal was already on the radio. They wanted us to come and teach the parents, like, what did you do to raise your child, to find her purpose and follow the Lord? And, you know, all these things that, and, and I hung up the, I said, sure, we'd love to come and talk to the parents. And I hung up the phone and said to Mike, what the heck did we do? You know, because, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're raising your child. You're not following a manual. Yeah. So, we sat down and we talked about it and we realized we came up with these 15 very intentional things that we'd done to raise her. And I thought, okay, well, we actually did do some good things to, to, you know, to raise our child. So a couple of weeks later we gave our talk and gave our 15 things. And the next day I was, I very distinctly remember this. I'm praying and thanking the Lord and worshiping God and, and thanking him distinctly for those 15 things. And right as I thanked him for those, I don't hear the Lord very often, but I clearly heard him in my spirit. Right as I thanked him for those things, say, I heard him say, those are book chapters. And I was like, Lord, do, do you remember that I, I didn't graduate college? I don't have an English degree because I thought you had to have an English degree to write a book. I don't know why, but I thought that. Um, <laughs> no one's going to read it. Who will publish it? You know, all these, I gave him this list of reasons why I couldn't write a book. And he just kept saying, those are book chapters. I just kept hearing that in my spirit. And I thought, well, all right, what do you, what do you do with that? And <laughs> <laughs> I found this friend who was a, um, a writing coach. And I thought, well, I didn't even know that was a thing. So let me call her and have her tell me that this is a crazy idea. And she'll tell me to, you know, go away yeah. and everything will be fine. So I, I called her and said, let's go to Panera and let me show you this thing and tell me what to do. So I, we went and I said, tell me this, these are not book chapters. And she looked at it and said, no, the, they are. And, and I'm going to help you. And we're going to get this published. This is a book. And I thought, all righty, well, there you go. You know, so it was just, and, and, and we did, and we wrote it, you know, I got it written and got it published and everything. And afterwards I just thought, God, you dared me, didn't you? You triple dog dared me to write a book, to do something completely outside my comfort zone. I mean, I always knew I could write. I was good at English. I mean, I, I always knew I'm a journal. I've done all those things. So I knew that I could write, but I never considered myself a writer. You know, I just didn't see myself in that light, but God did. Amen. And God equipped me. He called me and he equipped me. And if God calls you to it, he'll equip you to do it. That's one of my little God dare secrets. At the end of every chapter, I have those. And I just, it, because I stepped out of my comfort zone, he was able to then do something with it. And that's the whole point. We have to just be willing to step out and do that crazy thing. I think God's dropping those ideas all the time in our mm -hmm. spirit. But we have to be willing to have the courage to step out. One thing I say in the God dare, we have to 
choose to be chosen to change the world. We have to choose to say yes. When he drops that crazy idea, that's too big for you because it will be, it'll feel too big because it is because we can't do it without him. I mean, if, if we could do it without God, what do we need God for? Right. Amen. True. So it's just, and that, and, and that's how it always is, I think. And I started, I started looking through scripture after I wrote that first book, I started thinking, if you did that to me, I bet that's all through the Bible. And I started just looking at scripture differently and looking at our, the different Bible heroes that we love. And a God there is the, really the same as the way God called them. You know, the different ways like, like Abraham, leave everything, you know, and go to a, go to a place that I'll, I'll, show you. I'm not going to tell you, Abraham, but I'll show you. You just need to trust me, leave behind everything. And as you trust me, as you walk with me, I'm going to just unveil it bit by bit. And Abraham did. Mm -hmm. Abraham just left everything. Literally, yeah. How, how did he was 75 years old, you know, and he, and he'd, or he'd been worshiping other gods. It wasn't like he was already following one God. He was, Mm -hmm polytheistic, you know, and here he is saying, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll just follow this one guy. You know, like none of it makes any sense when you really start thinking about what Abraham did and mm-hmm. he messed up a lot. You know, there were some things that he did wrong throughout the whole thing, but yet just the things that he did and, and being willing to sacrifice Isaac and just all the things. And I started looking at all these different people in scripture and it just blew my mind. And I kind of couldn't not write the God dare. It just, Poured out of me, and I'm now working on one that's going to be just for women about the different some of the women in the Bible. That, and there's a bunch already in the God Dare, but I'm I'm even getting some a whole bunch other ones that that we don't really realize some of the stuff some of the women did that were extraordinary, very brave. And I, I'm hoping if if the book gets picked up, which I'm praying it does, but to contrast them with modern day women that are doing some really cool, brave, amazing things, you know. Because there are a lot of women using you non-writer, (laughs) (laughs) you know, who would have thunk it. And I mean, this just, this is the, this is what God does when we step out, but we have to step out. So anybody who's listening that you feel that scary, that, that like, I think maybe I'm supposed to be doing that. Yes, you are. That's God working on you. Yeah. And I totally agree. Cause, and I, I'm a witness to what you're saying because mm-hmm. I literally was like, wait, what am I supposed to do with this? So like all I knew was that's what he called me to. I don't know what that looks like, like Christian comedy. Like what? Like yeah. I didn't even know what that meant or what that looks like. But as I've stepped out and walked in faith, like every little bit he shows me along the way, like something pops up, like this opportunity here with with Leslie said what? And then um finding the Christian Comedy Association, which I didn't even know was a thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> just these little things. And then meeting people who are helping it, you know, me to like critique my comedy ministry. And the thing is, is like something so simple like comedy that he takes, um, you know, at, well, what they say, comedy breaks the ice for you to minister. So like I knew that I, I wanted to like you know, speak to people and, and, and be in ministry, but I didn't know what that looked like or whatever. But again, like you said, once you step out on something that sounds so crazy and like, so impo- that's why I think I resonate with your book so well. Cause I was like, he did that to me. Like he mm-hmm. did. So as I'm reading your book, like, and then, like you said, with the 15 chapters, I read that part um, a few weeks ago when I started reading and it was like, and you said that these were the 15 chapters. You're like, wait, what? That's not what, yeah. what? Like, <laughs> 
God, I'm not a writer. <laughs> I know. It was just crazy. I was like, huh? But you know, but you got to do it because if mm -hmm. you don't, somebody will. Yeah. You exactly. know, that's the thing. And like yeah. you said, once you stepped out, that's when everything just started kind of to come together. Yeah. Well, Kate, thank you so much. You're welcome. This has been awesome. I, I love having these chats because people don't know what they don't know. And so yeah. like being able to mirror the two, and I'm so glad that you mentioned, like when you said like the church that you went to wasn't um, predominantly black church, because see, the thing is, is a lot of times when in shows like this, like my audience typically more commonly is going to be more of a black audience, but I want to kind of merge the two. So I was so glad when you could come and speak because, Hey, um, God's colorblind putting that yeah. out there. Yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> I mean, so, like we can all learn from each other. <laughs> so I, mean, I was just so glad crazy. that you were able to, to jump in and everybody check out the God dare. It is on Amazon, right? Kate. Yeah. Yeah, Amazon. that's why I got my copy. Yeah. There's the audio version, um, and then there's the Kindle version. Or mm -hmm. if you are, are like my best friend Jen, who loves like the tangible book in your hand, um, that's also an option too. So on Amazon.com, as well as Growing Great Kids. So for parents out there, I'm sure you guys can learn something from that book. But again, thank you so much, Kate, for being here. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. <laughs> you really betcha do. anytime. Thank you, Leslie. This thank is great. You, <laughs> you betcha. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Um, wasn't that awesome, everybody? Just having Kate. I'm so glad she, she was able to be here. Um, now, listen, for you all who um, just joined in, because I see some people just chiming in, if you missed it, no worries. You can always watch the replay. And if you're interested, you can also um, go to Amazon.com and find uh, Kate's books. The one is called The God Dare and the other is Growing Great Kids. Um, next week starts our um, sharing your story. Um, and so like the whole theme for next month, for the month of April, for Leslie said what, is you don't know my story and I don't look like what I've been through. So the audience is the people who I want. So I want you to share your story. Feel free to jump right in and share your story. So contact me, send me a message if you'd like to be a guest um, for next month, because I want to share your story, your testimony. Hey, we overcome by the words of our testimony. So feel free to message me. I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's show and that you all have a great night.